What up? It's here, the herd on 101.5 UMFM. My name is Neil Noonan. Alongside me, it's Jason Pajak from the Manitoban. How are you, sir? Doing absolutely fantastic. I've been dog sitting for the past week. Uh, my brother's in Mexico. <laughs> okay, here so we I've go. So I've been looking after the the puppy and getting along pretty well. I think that's good. What kind of dog? I don't know. He looks like this little Scooby Doo looking guy. Nice. And he's adorable. I love him. His name is Fender. And great name. Uh, exactly. His great uh, name. his brother's name is Gibson. Also great name. There you go. I'm big into the the kind of like not popular real people names for pets. Gibson is a really good example yeah. of that. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, we are talking bisons, not dogs, on today's episode, of course. And uh, kind of, uh, I mean, I don't want to say a negative episode, but it's playoff time right now in Canada West, and we don't have any teams active right now. Not really. Uh, we're definitely going to go over the teams that were in the playoffs that didn't quite make it as far as they'd hoped. Set up the table going forward for uh, nationals coming up. Uh, men's volleyball, March 13th to 15th here on campus at Investors Group Athletic Center. But let's start, as we do frequently, with the team that you know well. Mm-hmm. Um, I even saw a few tweets of yours this weekend as far as what's going on in Canada West men's it's, hockey playoffs. It's a, well, just U Sports hockey, men's hockey in general is just, it's been flipped on its head this year. Set the table for us real quick, and then we'll get into the bottom. All right, so this past weekend, uh, the UBC Thunderbirds pulled off a miraculous three-game series win over the Alberta Golden Bears. So the Golden Bears not going back to nationals not going it's not they're not going back to the can west final for the first time in a long it's the first time it hasn't been alberta saskatchewan since 2015 that was the last time that another team made it to the can west finals um so it's going to be saskatchewan and uh ubc then in the oua side a couple weeks ago we saw the number one Toronto Varsity Blues lost to the 8th seed uh, University of Western Ontario Mustangs. Western, coming into the second round, just beat the number 2 ranked University of Ryerson Rams. So they are on a tear right now, knocking off two of the big dogs. And on the other side uh, of the OUA conference, the Carlton Ravens, number 1 ranked on that side, also lost. So the two one seeds from the OUA are gone. One of the two seeds is gone. Um, and I believe Ottawa also won, so that there's no one or two seeds left in OUA. Uh, the one seed in Can West is gone. It's now just the two seed in Saskatchewan. The Giants are falling. They are falling. Well, unless you're UNB, who just you know Classic, are walking right? yeah. their they're walking their way back to nationals in uh, in the AUS. So it's a topsy turvy year. One we didn't really see coming outside of OUA because the OUA is always always interesting i think if you want to get into university men's hockey follow the oua all the streams are free and it's always just a complete you know toss-up every year seemingly so um yeah it's just been a wild wild playoff and, and on the women's side the mount royal university cougars are going to charlottetown for nationals They're one of their first national championship now they pulled off the win uh two days ago this is huge this like it's Hockey, university hockey in this country has just gone bananas. We need a new, not March Madness, but something with uh, Canadian sports with uh, yeah. February fanatics. I don't know what I'm talking about, but uh, that's that's just wild. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, you got to love collegiate sports, mm-hmm. right? Where these giants are falling, anyone could win on, yeah. on any night, any day. Well, the thing with like, March Madness is 
it's one game. Right. You have one game, and anybody can beat anybody, really. Like, a one seed can fall because they've got one shot at it. And, like, these series, at least in Can West, you are there back-to-back, potentially back-to-back-to-back. In a weekend, you know, the one seed can be gone like that. Um, the OUA is a little bit different because they play throughout the week, same with AUS. But the, there's such a quick turnaround for these series that, like, just very quickly a team can catch fire and suddenly the best team in the country or one of the best teams in the conference is just gone. A lot of Cinderella stories, I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, it's that time of year. Teams and I were were, t- were texting about uh, the Mount Royal Cougars because we want to go back to Charlottetown and, and do something there right. uh, with the Cougars being there. But, like, it's just an amazing story. Like, we are firmly on Team Mount Royal right now because nice. we want them to just go all the way. Oh, my goodness. Oh, so much fun. Uh, let, let's head, head back to our Bisons now. I know you and Mike uh, recapped a little bit last mm-hmm. week as well, but... As far as like ending the season with uh, three super seniors on the men's hockey team graduating, mm-hmm. uh, with how, how they fell to Calgary, going into next season, you're Coach Sarant. How are you feeling about the squad? You've got to be feeling pretty good. Um, basically, from the back end out, you are looking at a very like a team that's going to be together for a very long time. There's very a lot young. of yeah. a lot of good rookies, a lot of good second years. You know, your more veteran players have been there for a long time. But starting from from the blue paint going out, Riley Lamb, Tyler Brown are a tandem that looks like they will be one of the best tandems in Can West moving forward. Just two incredibly skilled goaltenders that can take the high volume of shots. Like the one, the great thing about Dason Sedora and Byron Spriggs is that they were ready for the workload. Like, they were good facing 30, 40 shots a night. Like, they were fine with that, and they, they flourished under that pressure. Um, same thing with Riley Lamb and Tyler Brown. They're really great under pressure. And then on the back end, sure, you're losing your top pair and a, a fantastic top pair in Adam Henry and Sean Christensen, but you've got fantastic defensemen there that are going to slide into that role. You can, Ryan Carlson can drop back to defense. Lucas Grimetta can drop back to defense. So you've you've got Mitch Dick there. Liam Schaller had a great year. Like, you're... Brady Pateau, who, who went from, you know, that first weekend, looked a little tepid, looked a little worried, but very quickly settled into a, a good offensive role for the Bison. So the defensive core looking really strong. And then up front, your top six is basically untouched moving into next year. Like you've maybe got a guy like Tony Apatagan slide up the lineup somewhere, um, but maybe Jordy Keane joins that second line. But you're basically you're looking at almost the same team next year, and it's a very promising team. Like you just need to tweak the systems a little bit, be a little bit better in your defensive zone, get a bit more killer instinct offensively, and this team can do wonders. Without a doubt, a lot of eligibility left yeah. on the entire roster, yeah, they, including the two goalies. Yeah, they've got so much time left to build that chemistry and to get better. Like it's the next couple of years are going to look very good for the Bisons. Yeah, similar on the women's side as mm-hmm. well with with that hockey team. Uh, super young. Um, my office is right next to uh, Coach Fisher and John Remples, like right down the hall. Yeah, and uh, all I hear is them talk about the future. And they they got all these girls coming into camps mm-hmm. throughout the summer. Uh, over a hundred skaters coming in for yeah. their high performance camps, which is just the program that they're running. This group that they're they're going to grow with in the next yeah. few years for sure. I mean, losing Schubert and Zacharias. Uh, is obviously going to hurt, mm-hmm. right? But you got Fargy stepping right in. Um, she's going to, I imagine, see a majority of the starts probably going I'm, into next I'm, year. I'm expecting that they've got a good goaltender coming up. 
uh, to fill the the backup spot. But Aaron, this is her job now. Yeah, like this is after the year that she had. Like this is it's her job now. Like she's going to take it and run with it. Like she's a fantastic goaltender. I've been a fan of hers since she showed up for the first day last year. Um, I think she's a, a fantastic goaltender. Um, definitely has the the personality to be a goaltender in Canada West. She's uh, very feisty. You saw the last uh, the last weekend. She she's ready to get mixed up there. Talk to her about it. She she likes to she likes to defend her blue paint. Um, so I think having her in the back end is you've kind of got like Schubert Light in a lot of ways uh, with with Aaron Fargi. Um, obviously, there would have been. If if Schubert hadn't decided to come back this year and then sent that text to John in the summer, it would have only been Jordan Zacharias leaving. So this is a super super young team, um, and they're starting to look like the confidence level. Just the last few weeks of the season, just astronomical off the charts. Like Kate Gregoire, yeah. If she if Lucky she was team. exactly if she was shooting the way that she was in the second half all year, she easily easily could have challenged for the goal scoring lead in Canada West because she is just she's got that killer instinct now where she'll she'll get to the net she has an amazing ability to slip coverage um when I was I was calling the game with Teebs the the final home series um she has this ability to just slip coverage and be in the right spot uh, she's very shifty she she knows when to drop back she knows when to follow the player when to hang back she's just got the, the the hockey IQ that you need offensively that was really missing a lot of this year and she was starting to build up that tenacity I'm really like I've been waiting for somebody to step into that Alana Sharman role with like a, a smaller forward scores lots but just has that tenacity and bite to their game Gregoire and Katie Chatierbach they feel to me like they're going to start to step into that role, and I'm very, very excited to see where they're going to go. And then again, not losing anybody off the back end, so that defense is just looking even, even better. Lauren Workington's coming back, Janae Buchanan's coming back. Like you've got a solid defensive core. That like next year, this Bison team is going to make noise without sure. a doubt. Without a doubt, tons of potential all over the ice. Uh, Again, speaking with the men's team, like just tons of eligibility yeah. left, right? Like they had a massive recruiting class coming into this year, and yeah, you mentioned Gregoire, probably the star of that class mm-hmm. right now, a Canada West All Rookie Team, and uh, sticking on some Canada West All Stars uh, going to the court now as far as basketball. Both men's and women's uh, cleaning up a little bit with Taylor Randall, third team uh, All Canada West. And as well as Lauren Bartlett getting on the rookie team, and then on the men's side, I definitely want to to talk about their uh, their two games this weekend. Uh, we got Rashawn Brown, no doubt, first team no, All Canada to West has uh, to be one of the best point guards in the country. Uh, James Wagner right there on the second team. Uh, them very handily beating uh, the Vikes uh, of Victoria. On, that was. Uh, Dominance with a capital D, Without like that was that four was, points in the first quarter. I think for yeah. the Vikes, yeah, Th- that was after that first quarter. You're basically looking like, okay, this game is over. Yeah, but like pretty, this game is over. Like Manitoba was rolling on to the next round. Uh, just and just the ability, like playing in the paint, like basically every I think it was in the fourth quarter, all but like four of the points were scored from the paint. Like it was there, they got inside, they played strong under the basket, like they they did everything right and just physically outmatched University of Victoria. It was 
it was one. It was the kind of like coming out of that on Saturday. I was like, okay. Yeah. This team's starting to put it together. And then Sunday happened. No doubt. Yeah, I, I felt the exact way. I think anyone kind of watching on a periphery watching that game was like, okay, this team's for real. Yeah, you yeah. could talk about their, their weaker than normal schedule throughout mm-hmm. the year, not playing the top teams and whatnot. And uh, then the following day, yeah, watching watching the Alberta broadcast and, and listening to them, they mentioned the schedule a few times. And they're like, oh, <laughs> that doesn't matter. I mean, these guys are here to play. There's a reason they're nationally ranked. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't matter they didn't play Alberta and Calgary. Um, they came to play on Sunday, too, and mm-hmm. they were so close. They were a couple free throws away. Um, I thought when Ziwa hit this fadeaway shot, uh, that, like almost at like, the shot clock buzzer coming down the stretch, I was like, oh, I think they Second, got it. Seconds left on the clock, they um, take the lead. And uh, just... it, it's, it was really, really tough. They had just a phenomenal year, and then they, they really just kind of ran out of gas in mm-hmm. overtime. And all the credit to Alberta, I thought um, – they clearly uh, dominated that overtime mm-hmm. period. And um, they're just, speaking of, I mean, Manitoba being super dominant down low against the Vikes, I feel like that's what Alberta was doing to us down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just some big boys banging down low. And, the, I mean, Alberta's the, one of the best teams in the country. Yeah. Um, and For a reason. Without a doubt. And the Bison should not hang their heads by any means. Mm-hmm. But... I think it's it's really tough as far as only eight teams getting bids uh, into nationals because I do think we're one of the at least one of the mm-hmm. ten best teams in the country and the rankings would say that for most of the year. But dang, what a, what a tough way to close out a phenomenal yeah. season. You, you kind of think of like with the number of teams across the country, could you not just expand that tournament a little bit? A lot of them are at twelve. Why can't you get to the final? Or yeah, like, you know, like I I get the eight. I get it, um, mm-hmm. but uh, twelve would be nice. Yeah, especially on years like <laughs> like this. Exactly, when you've got so many teams that are just in that that top spot, it's just like there isn't enough space. Like having a like a longer format tournament, like having a week long tournament where you've got twelve, you start off with twelve teams and you whittle it all the way down to two on Saturday. That would be, I mean, with this new CBC deal. It, that would be like appointment television every single night. Of course it would. You've be. got these fantastic teams just going at it every single night until you've got the two last like last two teams standing and it'd be it'd be fantastic. Like all credit to the Bison. Like it was a historic season, the best regular season they've ever had. It was just like one or two bounces away. Like if they had gotten past Alberta, you know, the way was open. Oh yeah, you, you, they could have gone all the way. Like, it was it's just one of those things where you it gets to a point where it's like, okay, the top three teams are all that's left. You you can't argue with the fact that you know you lost to a great team, you lost to an experienced team, you lost to you know every Alberta program basically is you know a class. Like you you can't look at that in any negative light because you got there, you got to the dance, you just ran out of gas like yeah really really tough because as you said an historic season Mm -hmm. right uh rashawn brown who's without a doubt objectively the engine of this team uh playing his last game for the bisons out there in alberta it's just a tough way to end and it's one of those things i was even thinking of like what do i say to coaches when i see them after a season you Mm -hmm. know like and I thought specifically with Kirby, and I mean, you can say this with a lot of coaches because expectations are a huge part of how you feel when things end and even during the season and stuff like that. But 
you don't even have to talk about the weekend. It's just what a great season yeah. you guys had. Uh, front to back, uh, so much fun to watch. And losing Rashawn Brown is is tough. But I think Ziwa took a massive step forward this year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to, if if he can be 80% of what Rashawn was this year for the team. And then, I mean, James Wagner is going to be going in his fifth year. He's, I mean, again, all Canada West, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, these phenomenal players as well. They they got a lot of guys coming back, yeah. you know, and a lot of guys that uh, they're going to miss Joel Duquay, but uh, Miller Hose, uh, like he might be great too, like stepping mm-hmm. up. It's They got a lot of guys that can yeah. really kind of step up. Yeah, well, we were talking about it all year. The, the depth that this team has was kind of unmatched, in, at least the conference, right? So you're, yeah, you're losing great pieces, but you've also got, the, those holes are filled. Like I... You know, talking about, I, I don't really want to compare too much, but it's kind of like the Raptors last year to this year, right? Like, you had Kawhi Leonard who comes in, and this team learns. Like, they learn from him. The Raptors learned that mentality. Come in with the lunch pail. Do your work. Do your job. Be dedicated to the game because it's going to be a slog. It's going to be a fight. And then this year, the Raptors are looking like one of the, like, looking like they can repeat even though Kawhi is gone because they learned that mentality. So it's going to be great to see next year. Like they got there, they had that great season and it's got to be just, it's got to leave a bit of a bad taste in your mouth. You've got to have that hunger still that you've, you've got basically the same group coming back, you know, with the experience of being, getting that far and doing that well, just come back and have that mentality to battle, like put in the work every single game you know, doesn't matter what the schedule says. Like you are going to come out every single game. Like if there had been a couple wins here and there that they've been able to take away from teams, they would have been the team that only had to play Sunday. Right. Right. They were so so close to that second place spot. You know, they can get back there again. Like they definitely can get back there again with the guys that they've still got on that roster. It's. A fantastic time to be a Bison basketball fan, without a doubt, without a doubt. And uh, even even on the women's side, losing Emma Thompson is big, but they they got a really young core mm-hmm. now, right? Taylor Randall will will ride into the sunset with this team and and doing as much as she can to improve them while she's there for her last. Uh, uh, if what am I? I'm two more years. Yeah, this was third year. Oh, I'm trying to do the math in my head. Regardless, she's got a year and a bit left. And uh, Lauren Bartlett, she's going to be great in mm-hmm. the next four years as, as a Bison. But um, you mentioned CBC Sports, and I kind of yes. wanted to get your opinion on this yes. a little bit. Um, we'll, we'll be able to talk tons of volleyball in the next few weeks or so going down the stretch for sure. And I believe next week we're going to try and get some of the men's volleyball guys in here in studio awesome. uh, for an episode. But... Um, First time seeing the CBC Sports broadcast this past weekend with the swimming championships mm-hmm. and watching our Olympic-bound Kelsey Wog do what she does. Okay, can we just take a second? Of course like, we can. Yeah. Kelsey Wog, <laughs> I was talking to um, to Quincy, our, our photographer, the Manitoba, and he's like, every time I see her name, it's like, Kelsey Wog breaks a record. Kelsey Wog wins gold medal. Kelsey Wog does this, that, and that other thing. It's like, she could go down potentially as the greatest athlete in U of M history. Yeah. Like, every time she she sets foot in a pool, 
she's breaking a meet record. She's breaking a national record. She's breaking a, a pool record. She's challenging for a, a Canadian record. Like she's just like on a whole other level. And this past weekend really just showed it. She went to nationals and just cleaned up. Like even in the individual medley. So the breaststroke is her wheelhouse. Like yep. that's the her best event. Like she she beats the competition by a country mile every race. Nine seconds in the hundred. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. It was the second best time on the planet for women this year. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like come on, it's incredible. Um, but even in the individual medley, she qualified at national. Well, she was in the preliminary round. She placed third. Was very close. It was like point six nine seconds off the lead. So it wasn't that wasn't that much. But for Kelsey, not being in first is basically being in last because she should be in first every single time. And then she comes out for the final masterclass performance, brings home another gold medal. It's just like, what else can this kid do? Yeah, she's she's truly incredible. It's it's really fun to watch and. I learned this a lot with the with track nationals coming here last year, where when you see numbers and you see the difference in numbers, if you're not in that sport, it's mm-hmm. very hard to make sense of the difference between tenths of seconds and hundredths yeah. of seconds. Like it comes down to just like a little bit like hand placement, the the fluidity of movement, like just covering like doing now the, the the broadcast for track nationals last year, just looking at those minute little details, just like you know, the placement of your foot when you're taking off, like the, the way that your arms are moving, like you're, you're working for just like little tenths of seconds that mean all the difference. And the fact that she can beat the competition by full seconds is just like, it's ridiculous. It, it's incredible. Like the, the nine seconds um, in the, I believe it was, it was in, maybe it was in the 200 uh, breaststroke, but like that is just unbelievable amount of time. Yeah. And, Watching her is just a completely different experience because you see that physically. And yeah. even in the 50-meter breaststroke, there's an entire line across the pool because it really comes down to seconds. Like, yeah. Sorry, like tenths of seconds, hundreds of seconds because it's 50. It's just one lane across, right? Yeah. She is a full body in front of people. Yeah. And the other nine or whatever competitors are behind it's 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 truly incredible in such a small amount of space she can she can gain that time she looks like a machine when she's out there just like the fluidity of how she moves in the pool like she's just gliding through and it's it's just like watching a completely different species of like person moving like it's it, it looks physically impossible to be that fluid like i just i don't i don't understand it's it's one of those things where you it's just like somebody that is so athletically gifted that it's just like it it's mystifying without a doubt she she is mystifying uh, an incredible performance this week um we I'm glad we talked about her rather than CBC Sports but it, it is a good it's awesome that they yeah. are broadcasting uh U Sports mm-hmm. it's it is fantastic that's going to do it for us on this uh week's episode of Hear the Herd on 101.5 UMFM again next week we're going to get some of uh, the men's volleyball team in here talking about hosting nationals again March 13th to 15th here at Investors Group Athletic Center until then enjoy the rest of the playoffs it's a great time of year. The sun is shining in Winnipeg. Oh, yeah. I love it. The snow is melting. Until then, we'll see you next episode. Into the Music is Winnipeg's leading indie record store, period. 
Down at 245 McDermott Avenue in the heart of the exchange, the store boasts over 3,000 square feet of everything from the latest indie pop to psych and prog rarities, punk and metal classics, and everything in between. They have the largest selection of used vinyl LPs and 7 inches in the city with most priced under $10, plus outstanding collectibles. Into the Music offers the most because it buys the most and pays the best price for your collections, large or small. Check our website at intothemusic.ca for up-to-date listings of new and used titles for sale, plus lots of info on what our customers are looking for. Into the Music opens seven days a week at 245 McDermott in the Exchange, Winnipeg's quality collectible record store. Multilingual, multi-instrumentalist Joffrey has crafted electronic music that fills dance floors and charmed critics alike. With a spot on the player's prize long list and 25 million streams for his last record, Coastline, the Montreal-based artist brings his live set to the Goodwill Social Club on Tuesday, February 25th at a special show brought to you by the Winnipeg Folk Festival. Advanced tickets are only $17.50 plus fees and are available now at all Ticketmaster outlets. Here all year, don't miss Joffrey at the Goodwill Social Club on February 25th, presented by the Winnipeg Folk Festival and proudly supported by 101.5 UMFM. 